This is the Frog for Life podcast. I'm your host, Rob Berline. Looking back, I can't have imagined being anywhere else uh, because the friendships that I've made here are still with me to this day. They're my closest friends. Uh, my experiences at, at Frog Camp with the More Than Words program that Carrie Zimmerman and, and her team put together uh, has impacted a lot of my speaking and work now. Um, the relationships, the tight-knit community, like I just can't imagine being on another campus with larger student bodies just kind of getting lost as a number. That is the voice of Jake Thompson, who graduated with a degree in advertising and public relations in 2006. Jake has seen many transitions to get where he is today as the CEO of Compete Every Day. And we are excited to be joined by Jake Thompson. He is the, the chief encouragement officer of your company, Compete Every Day. And so, Jake, thank you for so, so much for joining us today. No, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be back in Fort Worth and spending some time at TCU. And let's go a little bit into your history as to how you first got to TCU. I know you were um, a little bit in the workforce prior to coming to TCU. So talk about your, your history prior to coming to TCU and how you decided to come here. Yeah, so interesting story. So yeah, I, I actually was working from about age seven on uh, behind a gas station uh, register. Uh, so my dad has a had a chain of gas stations in East Texas. And so from a very early age, I was sweeping parking lots and running registers and stocking coolers and did that throughout school and high school. And uh, really, honestly, as bad as this sounds, I was uh, committed to go to SMU to play. Uh, I was looking to walk on as a preferred walk on at SMU. Uh, two of my high school football teammates were headed there with me. And over the course of the spring and recruiting trips, something just didn't sit right. Uh, there was something in my gut. I mean, obviously, I know now that it's because I wasn't destined to be there. I needed to be a horn frog. And so one of my high school receivers uh, was on full scholarship here at TCU. He played all four years. Quinley Harmon, a wide mm-hmm. receiver, great, great receiver, great buddy of mine. I uh, talked to his coaches. And, and so there was an opportunity to get an academic scholarship to come play here. Um, I ended up getting hurt the summer before I got here and so never ended up uh, walking on or getting to play but honestly I took one tour of campus in May of my uh, senior year of high school about a few weeks before graduation fell in love with the campus with Fort Worth in general and and knew this was where I wanted to go and where I wanted to be and so I didn't know anything else about TCU at that point I was raised by a couple of Red Raiders out of Lubbock and so I just kind of jumped all in to to funky town and Frogland, and fell in love with the place. And so you end up joining. Was it just as a student, or were you also you weren't on the football team no, at all? You're just as a student. just as a student. Yeah, I came in. Uh, like I said, I got hurt that summer playing in a game all star game with a couple of guys. Uh, ended up just coming in as a student from day one and and stuck with it. So I, you know, frog camp and intramurals and anything and everything I could get involved with. And so how how is that trying to change your, your plans for college? You plan that you're going to be a walk on and be, you know, you talk to your your friends that how they navigate their football schedule and, and academics and then you know a couple months before school starts you're, you're just going to be a student so how did how did you adjust to that yeah you know it's actually something I talk with a lot of athletes about now just in my work because regardless of whether it's a position like mine whether you know high school is your last game you know college your last game or pro like that transition period out of sports is a is a rough breakup and for a lot of people it's probably the nastiest divorce or breakup they ever 
ever have because you have so much of your identity wrapped into being an athlete, playing the game. And so for me, it, it was a tough transition because I lived in Moncrief my first year. So I was in the athletic dorm. Uh, I was the only guy in the wing that wasn't obviously on the team. Uh, but it, it allowed me the opportunity to find new passions and things that I wanted to do. Um, I knew long term that I wasn't going to play ball. Like I, w- I knew that that was not going to be my career after after college. And so for me, it was the opportunity of what do I love to do? What are my strengths? And so I was able to just really get involved here on campus with with Greek life, with uh, Frog Camp, both you know attending it as an incoming student, but then obviously being a facilitator throughout multiple years on campus and seeing what all I could do here and what really honestly what TCU had to offer to set me up for the best long term that even though it was a struggle to say goodbye to a sport that you loved there were so many different avenues and chapters and pieces of of life that I could write and create here that it really didn't make it as bad as it could have been. And so you decided the best way to set up for life was to go the marketing or the advertising public relations route. How did uh, you decide upon that? And how do you think that's really helped you get where you are? Yeah. So since my probably sophomore, junior year of high school, I wanted to be the next Jerry Maguire. So the sports agent route was where I wanted what I was passionate about. And I remember my first semester here at TCU, some of the business classes just kicking my tail. Uh, I'd been fortunate in high school I, I didn't have to study as much and so like a lot of students when you get to college and suddenly you've got to study and you're not quite sure how to study uh, it's a wake-up call and so for me I was still undecided but leaning toward business um, and then just started looking at what I was doing what I was effective with in terms of communication where I saw some of my strengths lie the the journalism school advertising public relations really seemed to open up in a, in a route that I felt I could position myself um, you know wanting to be an agent. There are a ton of business guys, ton of law guys that go into that space, but I didn't see a whole lot that had kind of a PR background and a lot of working with professional athletes, professional entrepreneurs, people is being in the media. How do you handle the media? How are you able to communicate? And so that was really my choice to go this route uh, with a minor in communication is if, if I could speak well, if I could sell myself and my company, if I could effectively communicate my ideas, I knew I could succeed honestly in whatever route I went. And so that was where my focus was throughout uh, college. Uh, set me up, went right into grad school uh, in Irving at the University of Dallas for an MBA in sports business uh, and spent a couple years in that space before eventually transitioning out in, into owning my own company and entrepreneurial uh, life. But, you know, the, the journalism school, the TCU communication school, they all taught me just incredibly valuable lessons about the importance of storytelling, the importance of communicating your story in an effective and a compelling manner that is really applicable to any one of our industries. Because at the end of the day, no matter if we're an Uber driver, if we're a lawyer, if we're a doctor, it's really about how do you communicate your ideas, your facts in a way that people will understand, grasp and want more. After preparing to be a sports agent during both his undergraduate and graduate degree careers, Jake decided to make a change at the last minute. So I had gone to grad school because at the time the NFL had just changed their regulations that you had to have a master's or a law degree to be certified starting in January of 07. Uh, I graduated TCU in December of 06. So I had to at that point get a master's. And honestly, it was about two weeks left in my grad school experience that I decided uh, I didn't want anything else to do with the agent life. Um, I finished my MBA out, but uh, just some of the experiences I had for the agent I was working with, some of the things I saw in the space in my early 20s. 
20s. I felt that I would probably die of a heart attack before 40 uh, and that I would really fall out of love with a game such as football that I just love so much. And so I got out fall of 08. Most all of us remember the economy was terrible. Um, You know, my work experience, my education were so very different from a lot of candidates that I really struggled finding an opportunity uh, because I had a great education from TCU. I had an MBA, but you look on my work experience, it's non-traditional for the last three to four years in the agent world of marketing, recruiting guys, getting publicity and, and PR opportunities for them. And so out of that, I just started freelancing. Uh, marketing, obviously, at grad school, I took some business classes here at TCU and was just a fanatic for reading and studying. And so I started providing marketing strategies, some basic digital social media communication work for groups that were still needing it because it was very much in its infancy stages. Uh, and so spent really from 2008 uh, till roughly stopped consulting in 2014 uh, of just helping different companies around town. So I've worked with pro sports teams here in town. I've worked with IT technology companies, retail, uh, but all around the consulting space of coming in, helping them develop a marketing strategy. How are they communicating and and ultimately building their brand? And so that's kind of how that transition happened. It it wasn't one I expected or anticipated or honestly even planned for. uh, But fortunately, kind of the background I got here, um, the classes I took, the, the people I was able to connect with and build relationships with on campus and in grad school and undergrad helped leverage me that when I was consulting, I was able to use that knowledge, that experience to help those groups. After doing successful consulting work for two years, Jake decided it was time to make another change. Life's a, bit, uh, life's a bunch of transitions. Yeah, so uh, really after about two years, 2008 to 2010, consulting business was going really well. Um, I had this just yearning, I, I like to say a quarter-life crisis, to really do something more. Uh, at the time, my consulting business was all about me. Uh, I was, you know, Jake Thompson consulting, and, and I was having some successful projects. But I really felt like I was missing doing something more. I mean, that's something obviously here at school that uh, at TCU were at about giving back and making a difference and, and impacting and something in my life was missing. And so for me, it was an opportunity to rebrand part of my consulting. And so I started playing with different ideas And ultimately, this idea of competing every day came out. And in the sense of not a me versus you, but how can I compete against my own previous best to be better than I was the day before? And so I started talking to people about this message and this brand, and everybody was like, you got to do something with this. And I was like, I don't really know. Like, I'll mix it in consulting. And they were like, no, you've got to do something. And so my best friend, uh, Adam Hepworth, one of our Super Frog alum, uh, went here with me. He was like, man, try T-shirts. He said, there's a company out of Boston called Life is Good. He said, they, you know, they started selling it out of a van. He said, what's stopping you from just trying it? And so I'd put aside some money for a vacation guys trip. Uh, My buddy ended up spending his money on an engagement ring for his now wife. Uh, And so instead of going solo, I put mine into about two to three boxes of T-shirts and tanks and started just selling them out of the back of my car to anyone and everyone. And so that was May of 2011. Slowly just built that business. Predominantly, uh, it's an online business. We have retailers kind of around the U.S., a few international. 
but we sell motivational apparel. And so as that business grew, more and more customers would come into contact with us and be like, I love this message. Like, will you come talk to my company or my team about what it means to compete every day? Like, what does that look like? It's not about sports, but it's about being better than your best yesterday. And so I would go in and talk to a group here or there. And, and I started to think, man, I really enjoy this. Like, this is kind of fun. And, and you get the interactions and you see the light bulbs start to go off in people's minds that have never been thinking about competition or being competitive. And then they're like, oh, I, I can do that. Like, I can do that. And so that just slowly started to build to where about two and a half years ago, uh, our business and team came together and said, what do we do differently? There's a million T-shirt companies in the world. How can we stand out? And so for us, it became creating a true lifestyle brand. And so from that, we still have the apparel, but I do a lot more keynote speaking to schools and a lot of corporations and organizations will bring me in to talk to them about having this championship mindset. Uh, and then additionally, I do some one-on-one -on -one coaching of, of individuals, a handful of entrepreneurs, um, or just really driven individuals that want to keep leveling up. They have goals. They need help outlining a plan to put it into place and, and really achieve it. And so that's just slowly and organically come together uh, little by little because we've seen a need and felt, hey, we can add value. We can help. Let's go there. So when people first ask you that they want you, they see you're t selling these t-shirts they want you to speak to their group how do you figure out what I'm going to say to their group? I mean, how do they know that you're a guy that will actually speak to people? You're not just some guy that wants to sell some T-shirts. You know, it was a deer in headlights the first first time I got a call on it, to be honest with you. I was like, what do I talk about? And I, and I asked him, I was like, well, what do you want me to talk about? Because they had bought, you know, 100, 150 shirts for their organization. They were doing a big kickoff event. They were like, well, just talk about your story and your message. Like, we love your brand. We love what you stand for. Just come talk about it. So I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't really know. So I'm writing notes and doing it and, and, and winging it and, and, you know, outlining. So I go down at Houston and I give my first big corporate talk and it goes over well and everybody's excited and they're like, we got to have you back. And then I would get asked to go to uh, another college or I uh, went to actually a college in East Texas and talk to them as more of here's how to find your path. And essentially here's what mine look like. And it's nothing like what I expected. And so now, you know, people come into contact with the apparel, but so much of the apparel is different messages. Uh, and they see the content we post on social that now when they outreach, it's a very clear idea of we want to motivate our team. You know, we're coming into a new year. We're ending this year like we need to end it on a high note or at the core of it. Honestly, what I do is help people have the right mindset to make better choices that make bigger impacts. And what organization doesn't want to have employees that are making better choices to impact not only their business, but really their lives away from the business, because the better that life is outside the business, the better that life can be inside the business. And so when you decide that you're going to go not only to be public speaker, but also a one-on-one -on -one life coach, is there like a certification you go through to be a life coach? No. How does that work? <laughs> you know, uh, no, I mean, some people have those, uh, some people don't, you know, I'm one of the ones that doesn't because honestly it just started out of a process of asking how I can help. Uh, and people, would come to me because I've built a business and I speak and, and they're like, Hey, you, you look pretty disciplined. You've got goals. You have this business. How have you done it? Or here's what I'm struggling with in my business. What do you think? And so asking questions and helping people is really how it's developed. Uh, you know, a lot of my work on the speaking side, writing side is, is studying sports psychology is studying habits and disciplines and mindsets. And so all of that within the sports realm translates to life outside of 
sports. And so, you know, from that process, it was really just having an open mind and open heart. Um, and when people needed help, uh, just saying, Hey, how can I help you? How can I serve you? And, and slowly, but surely one happy client refers to another, to another. And, and so as long as those people are making progress, taking action, and honestly, I'm able to benefit them. I'll keep doing that because it, it's just fun and fulfilling to see other people achieve success. And so for someone that's maybe listening to this and maybe have a, a, a crisis of conscience um, going through their thing, how does someone know if they need a life coach and how do you know if you're the right fit for those people? Uh, you know, a lot of that's just having a basic conversation. Uh, you know, I, I'm very much under the, the mindset and approach that every one of us need a coach or mentor in some capacity. Career-wise, we've got to have someone we work with that's 10 years ahead of us and there should be somebody that's 5 to 10 years behind us because we need to be learning from that person ahead of us as well as helping and learning from that person behind us. Uh, you know, there's every successful entrepreneur business owner I've met has a business coach, not necessarily for advice from that person, but a lot of times that business coach, that mentor is incredibly helpful in asking the right questions and helping you work through it. You know, you're not looking for that person to come in and tell you exactly what to do. You're looking for them to help you figure out exactly what you need to do. Um, just like athletes need coaches on the field because the coaches are putting a game plan together. Here's what works. Here's what we've seen works. It's up to you to go achieve it. The same with a mentor, a business coach, a life coach, you name it. That's incredibly helpful because what it does is it allows you to bend time. Um, and the best way to put it in bending time is if time was a straight line and you could squish it down to where you've got two big hills, you've cut the amount of distance, the learning distance between two points. And so working with someone helps you accelerate that. My first three years in business, I didn't have a business coach. I didn't have really a mentor. I looked online for information and it was a slow process <laughs> and it was kind of the expensive uh, lessons and in, in, uh, experience of paying and doing things wrong and not figuring it out. And then as I started to see, look, every successful person I see has some kind of coach, life coach, business coach, mental performance coach. There's a reason for that. There's a reason those blueprints are there. It's because we can't always achieve that success on our own. We need that third party perspective. And so, you know, what I tell people when they're asking if I'm the right fit, a lot of times this, let's hop on a call. Um, we need to make sure one, our personalities are going to fit, but I need to know what you're struggling with, where, what your hangups are. If, are, do you have realistic expectations? Do you have unrealistic expectations? I'm not here to solve all your problems by any means. I'm just help, here to help guide and direct. And then if I'm not the right fit, if you're looking for someone, there's a million options online. But I just tell, just like you would anything else, vet the people very well. Call them, interview them, talk to them, talk about their process, learn about what you're going to go through, and don't expect them to save you. Because at the end of the day, there's no Superman out there that's going to come in and rescue and save the day. But what they're going, what the right person will allow you to do is start to develop and learn it on your own. It's like a, a great teacher or professor here at school. Like They're not going to give you the answers to the test. They may make you work for it. You may hate their class sometimes because of how much you struggle and study. But man, when you get through to the other side of that and you've earned that A, like that's an incredible accomplishment. You also probably have an incredible relationship with that professor now that early on you're like, I'm so frustrated. <laughs> and I'm sure you've seen as this business has evolved, as or the social life has evolved, what are some of the main topics you see that people keep coming back to you about, things that they're struggling with and ways they're trying to get to the next level? I'm sure there's people listening right now that are thinking, oh, I have a 
problem that, you know, oh, that's just unique to me. I wouldn't want to tell anybody that. You know, I think a lot of the things that I see consistently are uh, focus. Uh, a lot of people are trying to do everything all at once. And it's okay to do everything. It's just not okay to do everything all at once. And so understanding that there's a season for everything. And so cutting your year down into really three month year, many years, um, you know, 90 days. Uh, Todd Herman's a, a famous coach. He's got a 90 day year program. But really, if you've got five things you want to do, what's the one or two you can do for the first three months? One or two, one or two. And then you start to cycle. So that's a big one that we work through with a lot of people. Uh, the other is, is really just dis- limiting distractions. And a lot of that is on, you know, our phone, social media. It's so easy to get online on Instagram, on Facebook and see what everyone else is doing and start to compare yourself. And it's a single snapshot. Like if you think about what you post on social media, how many times do you take 20 different pictures to get the one perfect picture that isn't even reality. And so it's really, you know, helping people to understand that you're comparing your entire story to a highlight reel. And so how do we start to put on blinders to really focus on our lane and our work? It's like a track star. If a sprinter takes off running toward the hundred meter finish line and they look to their left or the right, they're going to fall down. They're going to run out of their lane. They're going to bump into someone else. They're going to slow down because our bodies aren't designed to run at top speed unless you're pressing forward, focused on your line, Uh, your finish line is staying in your lane and the same applies to life. And so really those are big two. Uh, and then the third one that, that we're, I've been dealing with a lot recently with clients is, is taking those big goals, those things you want to accomplish in life, and then how do we whittle them down into a daily process? Uh, a lot of people set massive goals, set big career goals or, or weight loss goals or financial goals, getting out of debt, paying this off, and then they lose motivation within a couple weeks because they don't have a daily process. They're focused on, well, man, I only lost three pounds this week. Like I still have 97 more to go. I, I just can't do this and they give up versus focusing on a day at a time and letting the daily process take care of itself on the way to that goal. And we've talked about a lot of things you've been involved in as a speaker, life coach, um, your t-shirt business, other motivational things. What does your day-to-day life look like? It sounds like you're just everywhere and you could be involved with anything at any time. Uh, yeah. So, uh, every day is a little bit different depending if I'm traveling for speaking, uh, depending on kind of what I'm doing. Uh, usually I, I try to batch each day. Ironically enough, that's helped my productivity. So Monday is kind of the apparel business day. So the majority of Mondays are spent reviewing things with our team for upcoming releases, email marketing, social, making sure our team is set up, ready to go. The designs are set uh, and we have the inventory we need. Tuesdays are really my speaking focus day. So a lot of it is just outreach, following up with contacts, um, Uh, booking new gigs, dealing with logistics, things like that. Wednesday is my content day. So it's a lot of writing. It's a lot of video shooting, uh, things like that to prep for the rest of the month. Um, Thursday and Friday kind of mix depending on travel. I try to keep a buffer day, but one of those days is always our podcast. Uh, So usually I'll batch a bunch of our podcast episodes in a day, whether it's an interview similar to this or whether I'm doing just a one-on-one monologue. Uh, And then Friday is kind of a social media 
media day? Am I, is all of my stuff prepped for the podcast, for compete, for my speaking, uh, setting up good to go? And so really each day is a little bit different, but I found that despite traveling, despite everything else, if I theme the day and I set one to two targets per day, I can make that continual process, uh, progress without focusing on 20 things I have to get done this week. I feel like sometimes you drop the ball, you add too much to that list. And so really my days vary, but uh, I'm usually up 6 to 7 a.m. I try to get a quick workout uh, and then I hit the ground running. Uh, and a handful of nights a week, I'll be up late working. Um, or if I'm traveling, it's on a plane or in a hotel. And for people that are listening and looking to um, find out more about things you do, what are ways that they can follow you, your, your podcast, your social media, your website? What are ways that people can get involved? Yeah, so I, I am personally most active on Instagram, uh, and my handle is Life is Worth Competing for. But if you'd love to check out more, uh, my website for my speaking coaching business is jakeathompson.com. Uh, and then if you're in the need for a great t shirt, some motivational gear, workout apparel, uh, competeeveryday.com is that website. Uh, and our team's very active on all social at compete every day you can pretty much find us from youtube to facebook to pinterest you name it we're there and then lastly how would your life look different maybe is the best way to phrase it if you had chosen the school in dallas as opposed to <laughs> school in fort worth you know I, I i i don't know i can honestly tell you i can't imagine I couldn't have imagined going to TCU in high school. Like that just wasn't on my radar. But looking back, I can't have imagined being anywhere else uh, because the friendships that I've made here are still with me to this day. They're my closest friends. Uh, my experiences at, at Frog Camp with the More Than Words program that Carrie Zimmerman and, and her team put together uh, has impacted a lot of my speaking and work now. Um, the relationships, the tight-knit community, like I just can't imagine being being on another campus with larger student bodies, just kind of getting lost as a number. Whereas here, like I always felt like my professors cared. I was always more than a number. I was an actual student and person sitting in their class that they had invested interest in seeing me succeed. And so um, I would like to think that I wouldn't be as successful if I'd gone somewhere else, but I definitely could say my life wouldn't be as rich uh, with relationships and ex experiences as it is now with being here. And that is Jake Thompson. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your experiences. Thanks for having me. Thank you to KTCU and co-manager Jeff Craig for their editing of this episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Frog for Life podcast. If you or a friend or family member would like to share your story of your life since graduation, please contact us on social media or leave us a comment on our SoundCloud channel. We look forward to sharing the next story of how horned frogs are changing the world.